0: From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast.
1: Welcome everybody, it's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry.
2: Good morning, this is Michelle. The smiley face you have on today. Thank you.
1: And this is Mark. And Mark is... Primed and ready. <laughs> <laughs> Mark can't wait to start this show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it, it's so good. We've got Joe here. We've got Joe's book
0: here, and we've got new recording equipment, which is why we might sound a little bit different to our listeners.
1: Correct. We have a brand new recru- 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 recording recruit. We have a brand new recording sesh, uh, studio, and the same pair of lips that I've been using since <laughs> I was born. They <laughs> barely work. Oh, they barely <laughs> <laughs> <It> work? <laughs> good enough. <laughs> Welcome, Joe. Uh, Joe Joe Jen- Jenkins is famous. Not I don't think it's it's just the tiny house movement. He's famous all over the place, right? Yes, yes. absolutely. And what is he famous for, Michelle?
2: The humanure handbook. The
1: humanure handbook. It's kind of like Mind comp for the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> I just wow. pulled that out of my butthole.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From tiny house movement to album. <laughs> okay, <laughs> boom, boom boom. We got, Okay.
2: And if Joe is here, then I would have him sign my personal copy. Nice. Because uh, I I don't think you I don't think you can call yourself a uh, a member of the tiny house movement unless you own a copy of his book. Is that so true? I think so. I
1: was going to ask how prevalent is his technology in the tiny house
2: movement. Very, very, it very. It's kind of like the foremost authority on the subject, I think. Wow. Um, it comes up in chats all the time.
1: Huh. Well, I'm certainly impressed with human. I just read your website, Joe, so I might get some of the nomenclature wrong, but human turning human waste to manure and recycling that and using that in my yard.
3: Yeah, yeah, something like that.
1: Let's st- yeah, let's start there. How does this, how does this shit work?
3: let me uh first say that uh how I got into it uh, I've been composting I've been using basically it's composting as a sanitation alternative that's what you're doing you're using composting for sanitation rather than say water flush toilets or pit latrines or any of the other options that there may be out there so I've been uh using composting as a sanitation alternative at at this site where I'm living now, this year is 37 years. And, uh, before that at, um, another site or two. So I've been, um, composting human ore for around 40 years. And the way I got into it was kind of like a tiny house, uh, tiny house phenomenon, I had, uh, I was living in places that had no electricity or running water, no sewage hookups, no no plumbing, and uh, therefore, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are, you could be on the surface of the moon, you still got to,
1: you got a crap. You got a crap. So you got to have a toilet. You know. Well, Joe. So where, where on Earth were you living where you didn't have electricity? He wasn't on Earth. He was on the moon. <laughs> <Touché>. <laughs> where were you living where you didn't have electricity or running water? Were you in the woods somewhere?
3: Well, I, I could say. I could say Uranus, but... Uh, <laughs> oh.
2: oh, Mark. You've played this game before. <laughs> yes. Mark, top that one. <laughs> but I'll save that for later. <laughs> okay, we'll save that. No, I was living,
3: uh, the first place I was living back, a lane that was about a mile long in western Pennsylvania, northwestern Pennsylvania. And um, it was a, a little stone cabin that had just been built, there was no way it could have any electricity or water at all. And that's where I started, right there, uh, composting.
1: Why, why were you living there? What were you doing at the time? Um,
3: well, a, uh, what, what, the way it worked was a friend of mine who had a house on the same property, they had 105 acres, I believe, um, <clears throat> they built a stone cabin... Uh, on their property on a hillside, but they didn't finish it. It needed doors and windows and insulation and all that kind of stuff. So I agreed to finish it for them in exchange for a year's rent. Got it. That's how I ended up in that place. I, fi- I put the doors and windows in, insulated it, uh, etc., and uh, lived in it for a year. Okay. So and then the next place I li- well actually the place before that I lived. It was an old farmhouse with no no plumbing at all, never had plumbing. Again, it was uh, in an isolated location, and uh, when I came here where I'm living, I was off the grid for the first 10 years. Wow. So I did have a, a hand pump in the house for water, uh, and I did get electricity, but uh, eventually, after 10 years, but in the meantime, I developed uh understanding of how composting works and um, I've been using that ever since the reason being uh, if you're using composting as the sanitation alternative you end up it's no longer waste disposal the waste the whole term waste is uh, not pertinent to the system that's why I never used the word human waste human waste is when somebody flicks a cigarette butt out their window car window Uh, that's human waste, uh, but as far as toilets are concerned, if the contents are recycled, there is no waste, and that's what a composting system does. It recycles everything, uh, so there's no waste involved, and then you end up with compost, and compost has value. So, especially if you grow things, and I've had a garden my you know my entire adult life, and uh, I have a uh, basically self-sustaining garden because i i recycle all the organic material now people in tiny houses they and and i I run into this a lot around the country and around the world people have need toilets but they don't necessarily need the compost so that's another whole issue
1: explain that joe
3: well if you live uh, in an apartment or you know a trailer court or you know, in a and maybe in a tiny house in somebody's backyard, uh, you you still need a toilet, but you may not have a garden. Right. And so, uh, if you recycle all your organic material, you're going to end up with a sizable amount of compost, say a garbage can full every year. Uh huh. And of course, I mean, you it's it's. Uh, an innocuous inert material you can just dump it somewhere but uh, ideally somebody who's using it for agricultural purposes would come and collect it this is how we have we set these systems up in areas where (coughs) the toilet users aren't aren't growing anything we have uh, others uh, collect the material compost it or collect the compost and use it and then in some cases I've seen where people make the compost and don't want it, so they just go out and dump it someplace. And in a couple of years, what you have is a pile of weeds and plants growing. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, luxuriously.
1: Huh. So what is, so the, the question that's in my mind and, uh, and maybe in other people's mind in the tiny house movement and beyond is, w- where does the humanure technology that you're talking about and city ordinances meet? Like if, if I, let's say I had a tiny house in someone's backyard and I wanted a composting toilet because that to me seemed like the easiest and most natural way to deal with my poop. And I, in a year, I ended up with a garbage can full of this stuff. Would the city, like the like the Metro Recycling Center here in Portland, would they accept my humanure as inert uh, fertilizing material?
3: Well, I, th- I think the easiest solution is, uh, is individual backyard compost bins. Um, Last last year, about a year ago, I was down in uh, where the heck was it? Uh, Austin.
1: It wasn't my Uranus. Wait
3: a minute! <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <my. laughs> that didn't work at all. It Didn't work
0: at all. No. <laughs> Uranus was not nearby. Let's. Put
3: it. <laughs> 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 I think it was in Portland. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um. I actually got an award from the U.S. Compost Council for uh, Grassroots Education uh, National Award. And um, while I was sitting in the uh, auditorium there, I sat next to a lady. We got to talking about human ore. She said, oh, yeah, she knows about human ore. She, um, she was uh, an, an official, state official from, I think it was Missouri. And uh, she was like an EPA or, you know, that type of uh, person, a, a health, uh, Department of Health or Department of Environmental Protection. And she said that uh, somebody was uh, composting human ore in their backyard and, and somebody complained. And so they went to their the people's house that was composting it. And they s- said that somebody complained. I don't know why they would have complained, just because they knew what was going in it. I don't know. But... In any case, the people who were composting said that they would stop, and they did. So I asked the lady, I says, "Was it illegal?" And she looked at me and said, "No." Why
1: would they ask them to stop then?
3: Uh, it, because somebody complained, I guess. But many, many—it's pretty common. It's pretty common for the compost. They're the ones who should ask: Is it illegal? Right. And if they say no, then there's no reason for them to stop. The only only reason for them to stop would be is if they were creating some kind of nuisance. And a nuisance would be odors of uh, vermin like, you know, dogs, rats, flies, um, that sort of thing. But if there's no nuisance being created, then uh, there's no reason, and it's not illegal, then there's no reason for them not to do it. And you can, it can be done easily in your backyard without odors, flies, or vermin. And, uh, you know, you, it, 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 there's a, a pretty likely chance that it is not illegal because back it's backyard composting. Yeah, but it's How backyard. How many regulations do you have about related to backyard composting in, you know, any of the million m- municipalities that are across the United States? I'll give you another example. Um I was involved in a lawsuit with a borough here, <clears throat> and because they uh, they had issued an illegal building permit for a an asphalt plant, and so myself and five others sued the borough. And then myself and four others sued the borough. Well, this was a very divisive s- situation, and. Uh, had were for the asphalt plant the other half were against it and so the people suing the borough became uh, the targets of uh, threats and all sorts of things like that and at one point somebody uh, anonymously called the DEP and said told them that I was you know my toilet system was um, spreading toxic waste uh, dumping I was dumping toxic waste (laughs)
2: <laughs> Toxic? What were you eating? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so the DEP showed up at my place. You know, an in, uh, in a in a uh, unmarked car, a uh, plainclothes guy. And he walked into my office, uh, and he said he sat down. And he said he got an anonymous complaint. Uh, he said he's already uh, inspected the entire property. And now, without me knowing it, and now he's <clears throat> at my desk. He said he couldn't, there was no toxic waste that he could see anywhere, and he's considering the complaint unfounded, and that's how he's uh, going to document it. And he said goodbye and never saw him again. That was about eight, eight years ago. So, you know, what, what he would have seen is a compost bin with compost in it. Uh, in fact, three of them I have near my business, next to my business. Because we use a, uh, a human ore toilet system there, which is on, on the same property as my house. And I, use, I have three human toilets in my house, and then I have a, mm-hmm. another one. Uh, we have a lake here, and a little lake house. I have another one up there. So I actually have uh, six human ore toilets on my property and um, two compost locations. But there's nothing to complain about
1: okay so so you're saying you can't speak obviously you can't speak to the the uh, the um, ordinances in every city in America but um, you're saying that the nature of this process that you're talking about looks just like compost and there's no odor and so if someone were to come back unless they're gonna like bring some beakers and test equipment they're not going to know the difference between r- or, or if I may use this word, ordinary composting and this humanure composting. Is that right?
3: Yeah, exactly. Ordinary composting and humanure composting is the same. Thing. I know. It's just composting. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> and uh, the, 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 the where you'd get into trouble is if you're uh, selling the compost, you know, using it, uh, uh, producing the compost in a business situation, without the required permits or taking the compost off the property um, and, you know, I don't know, dumping it somewhere. Uh, but if you're producing compost on your own property and use it on your own property, um, what goes in it is your business, really.
1: Literally.
2: Um, you know, <laughs> a
3: I don't, I don't just, com- human is just one of the feedstocks that goes into my compost. I compost a lot of, of dead animals, for example. Um, dead, dead animals, uh, the biggest thing I've composted is a collie dog, a full-grown collie. Uh, and then down, you know. Hang, on, hang on a minute, Joe.
1: Joe, Joe, sorry, i got to stop you. How, what are the circumstances under which you put a collie in your compost pile?
3: She died. Uh, she got old and died. It was your dog? Yeah, it was my dog. Oh. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. And, she, uh, and I was just getting ready to start a new compost pile. So I, I put the uh, uh, corpse in the bottom of it and built the compost on top. And, you know, two years later, there's nothing there but a little, some bones and a little bit of fur. And all that compost went into a flower bed last yeah. year fact, I videotaped that. I have a videotape. I have a lot of videos on YouTube, and one of them is composting animal mortalities, a video I made last last summer, uh, just because I've been composting dead animals for years, and people don't realize it's really easy. So that's Didn't not a open?
0: phrase you hear people say a lot? Yeah. I mean, composting dead animals, I yeah. mean, and I understand your pet, but how, how do you go about... Locating others, or are you kind of letting neighbors know that you can kind of help them take care of things when the no, time's right, or what? What? No, t- no.
3: I my problem here is I have chickens, or at least I—I I did. Uh, in fact, I do again. As of yesterday, I got four hens. <coughs> but uh, t- chickens uh, attract uh, predators, right? Mainly raccoons here <laughs> in, in Pennsylvania, but also uh, opossums. And I, I shoot them. I have to. Uh, they would—they would kill off all my chickens. In fact, they did last year. We had uh, last summer. We had twelve uh, raccoons, uh, and a bunch of them are in the compost pile. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, and a bunch of possums. I think I composted six possums last year, and probably seven raccoons. Uh, and then if a chicken dies. Gets killed, and you know, there's a body laying there, it goes into compost, and so does any other dead animal, you know, on the homestead. Uh, if a cat dies, or you know, a, a young duck, or something like that, all those things go into the compost. And
0: Joe, you are not allowed to write a children's book <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I heard you can eat those possums
0: roadkill or, or just,
2: or just yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. Okay. But so the po-
3: point I'm making is it's just, you know, if, if people, people think, oh my God, you're putting human ore into a compost pile. Oh, that's so that's awful. the least but of the problems. Your point is it gets a lot worse. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the least of your problems. You know, if you're thinking about what's going in there, there's a lot of stuff going in there. What's coming out is just compost. It yep. all looks the same. Yep. Every year it looks exactly the same and it goes into the soil. So all those dead animals, all that human ore, urine, all the kitchen scraps, all the garden uh scraps, yard materials that, that all gets converted back into soil, put back into the ground and used to grow plants again. It's just a it's just a cycle, a natural cycle. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Easy to complete. And, uh, you know, I maybe a, I'm a little ahead of my time, but eventually the municipalities will get on board and, and be supportive. Right on. Uh, some already are. Good. And uh, most of them uh, just look the other way.
1: Just like with tiny houses.
3: Yeah, tiny houses, exactly. same situation. Food yeah. carts. I mean, yeah, yeah right. it's, it's All the it.
1: people really want to
0: do it. They're going to make it happen, and eventually yeah. the government needs to... Catch Bow up. down. But, yeah.
3: yeah, needs to adjust. The yeah. tiny house phenomenon is a, a revolutionary idea. There's no doubt about it. Houses that uh, you know, it's not. You're not going to have n- necessarily a basement, uh, plumbing, uh, you know, fireplace, or a, you know, uh, a septic system. So what do you do? And there are alternatives. Uh, you know, especially if you don't have you know a dozen kids great big household if it's just a person or two living in a tiny house you can have your own sanitation system using composting composting method uh inexpensively and 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 easily in the toilets your toilet can be indoors and you're not going to smell anything if if you do it correctly
1: i love it
2: right so I want to circle back for the for the listener's sake. Um, definitely in suburbia where I live, and and as I understand, it, it's pretty common. Um, so code violations or or code ordinances are really enforced by um, by complaint, mm-hmm. right? So you may be you know breaking the law on so many codes that it, it would take a full page to document it. But if no one ever complains, then right. you know they're never going to bust you. And and on the flip hand, on the flip side of that, want to... When a code enforcement officer comes out to talk to you about someone that did complain, it doesn't even mean that what you're doing is or is not illegal. Um, they're just obligated by, you know, again, by the complaint to follow up on it. So so I wanted to sort of make that comment. It's pretty yeah. common for people to, to complain about all kinds of things. So it yeah. doesn't mean that what is being done is actually incorrect. Yeah, but people, people think
3: that human or composting is illegal. I don't know where they got that idea. Uh, and, and and then they get paranoid. They think they're doing something wrong, but in fact, if you're doing it correctly, you know, without odors and etc., what's wrong with it? You know. Well, so I think I give you an example. I got an email a couple of days ago <clears throat> from a guy who said uh, he says he's not home right now, but his uh, somebody told him he's got a certified letter from the Department of environmental protection or something, waiting for him. And he's sure that it's got to be his human or system, and what can he do about it? And I said, I emailed him back. I said, find out what the letter is, and then get back to me. Yeah, right. yeah exactly, <laughs> let me know. So he, he did, and he got back, me a couple of days later, he says, sorry, it had nothing to do with the human or system. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> so so- know, that's, that's, people jump to conclusions about, uh, about the whole thing, and, and they shouldn't. Like I said, I've been doing it for 37 years at this location, and uh, I've been very, very public about it. I've spoke all over the United States, locally as well, published the Humanoid book in three editions, and been in all the newspapers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, what are they going to do? Tell me I can't do it? There's no law against it. There's no law telling me I can't put in my backyard compost pile whatever I want to.
2: So can we, uh, I'd I like to, um, can we boil this all down kind of the, to the, again, for the sake of our listeners, I'd like to boil this down to the nuts and the bolts um, of composting. So I have a composting toilet. I have a, I have a nature's head. Um, mine is a separating toilet. I know there's a lot of five-gallon bucket systems out there. I know there's a lot of high-end composting toilets out there. Can you... Boil this down to us a little bit about the advantages and disadvantages of um, separating your solids from your liquids, um, as, and uh, kind of boil it down to the before, during, and afters?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me start by saying that um, there are a, a general category of toilets referred to as dry toilets, dry toilets. Dry toilets are toilets that don't use water. And dry toilets can be composting uh, related toilets or not. Now, uh, dry toilets uh, were probably popularized in Scandinavia, where urine separation was uh, employed to help dry out the material. That's Uh, part of the reason they were called dry toilets the object was to dry out the toilet material and that was done by separating urine and maybe putting a drain under it so excess liquid drained out and then uh, dehydrating the contents either by using an electric heater or just by a lot of ventilation or maybe even a solar exposure type thing Uh, the toilets that I use are a type of dry toilet because they don't use water, but they're part of a composting system. And that's a different thing. Composting by definition requires three criteria. One, uh, it requires human management. Compost is a human discovery. It's not a natural condition. Uh, Compost, you won't find compost in nature. We have to make it. Human beings make compost. There aren't any other animals that make compost.
1: Hang on a second, Joe. Let me me contradict that for a second and straighten me out if I'm wrong. So when when leaves fall from the trees on the ground in the fall, and then they start to biodecompose and turn into soil, and then the worms come up and eat that stuff, and that helps break it down, isn't that composting?
3: No, that is not composting. Composting what? requires three conditions. Let me give you the other two before okay. that might might help, help you to understand. First off, human management. Secondly, aerobic or oxygen. Compost requires oxygen. You cannot have an anaerobic composting system. And thirdly, this is the important part, composting requires internal biological heat development. So this is why leaves on the ground in the fall are not compost. They're, they're organic material that's biodegrading, but they're not composting. Okay. By definition, compost requires the development of internal biological heat. The only way you can get that is by piling. If you took the, those leaves and piled them up yep. uh, in, a, say, a container, wetted them down maybe, then you may be able to make compost. You throw a stick, a thermometer in there, and see if they're they're generating heat. They will if they're green. I don't know uh, about uh, just dry, old dry leaves, but you can add dry leaves to food scraps and whatnot, ore in a in a compost bin, and, and you'll definitely get heat out of that. Huh. So without those three uh, criteria, uh, it's not compost. And most dry toilets are not composting toilets. They're called composting toilets but the, that's a, it's a misnomer there's no composting taking place and I'm speaking uh, uh, referring to compost from, from the scientific point of view not the colloquial point of view so this, and this is kind of an issue with me that I'm trying to get straightened up uh, without much luck uh, the idea that compost toilets that don't make compost should be referred to as dry toilets, not compost toilets. So if there's no internal biological heat happening, and there probably isn't, it's a dry toilet, not a composting toilet. A Composting toilet is one where the contents are actually composted. And composting doesn't usually occur inside a toilet. There's not enough mass. That's what I,
1: I was going to
2: ask. Yeah, that. that totally makes sense. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they, I. I that totally makes sense. I think you referred to the term as colloquial. Maybe a more accurate term would be something along the lines of um, allows for composting, or you yes. know, it's creating dry composting materials, or something. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: What does what does drying out the material? What is the benefit of drying it out?
2: It doesn't stink.
1: Is that the only reason? Yeah. Or the only purpose? Yeah. Or fun- result
3: it reduces the, the the mass of it that and makes so sense. That, you know, It's easier to collect over a longer period of time
1: okay so so one of the one of the i think one of the misunderstandings people have about composting with regard to city ordinance is the um i and i could be wrong here but the 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 uh, biohazardous nature of the urine itself
3: well th- yeah here this is uh, an important uh, area Discuss, and that is, uh, you know, potential for pathogenic organisms, disease organisms, uh, to be uh, spread into the environment. Um, the, the important thing to, for people to understand is that the composting process, the actual composting process, eliminates pathogenic organisms. This is why the composting process, which I just described... Uh, is important. Uh, In toilets that don't compost, dry toilets, uh, the material that's left over, the dehydrated material, is considered still pathogenic, potentially pathogenic, and it's required to be handled like septage, which would be something out of a septic tank, for example. But you can take that material and run it through a (coughs) composting system and thereby recycle it uh, you know in a hygienically safe manner so um, did, did, did you understand what I what I just said because that's yeah totally yeah that's that's the crux of the whole uh, human or system <coughs> the materials collected how it's collected doesn't matter we never uh, we never uh, segregate urine and, uh, and then the material simply composted like a dead animal or, or a pile of banana peels in a compost pile or compost bin. And when it's composted, uh, it heats up, it heats up, uh, and um, pathogens are eliminated. And, and when it's all done, which takes roughly about a year, uh... You have beautiful compost that you can use for any purpose.
1: I've seen some videos of that, and the, the result is very beautiful in terms of earth earth and beautiful in that, those terms or whatever. Um, what the, so you do consulting around this, or you go around and talk to people about this work?
3: <laughs> I do cons- consulting worldwide.
1: <clears throat> what's, the, what's the weirdest thing that you've heard someone trying to do with this process? Did anyone try to compost their... Ex-wife
3: <laughs> or ex-husband to be Mary, non-sexist. Do you, have, do you have ideas here? Are we digging into your psyche? I hadn't thought of that. I was, just, I was thinking mother-in-law, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Same direction. We like the theme.
1: Seriously, though, what what's the, what's the weirdest thing that you've heard people try and do with this process?
3: Um, well, uh, 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 I'll have to say there are a lot of dumb people. No <laughs> one said that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash! <laughs> <laughs> They've None of our listeners, of course. Exactly. D- did
2: we? Did we find the title for the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot to pick from. Okay.
3: There are a lot of incredibly stupid people out there, and I, I do get some really, really dumb questions from people. Oh, good, good, good. Let's hear yeah, some. Come on, let's hear some. a couple <laughs> yeah, good yeah. ones. What are a couple of your favorites? Uh, well, uh, you know, things like. One guy emailed me and said, um, "Well, a lot of people ask if they can put toilet paper in their in their toilet." And um, one guy asked, um, "How you know if he puts toilet paper in? How often can he put it in? You know?" And I I don't know if these guys are just joking around or what. So I'll I'll email back and say something like. Uh, recycle your toilet paper. Use oh. it on both sides. You know? <laughs> nice. And, uh, but uh, yeah, sometimes they—I uh, mean, sometimes they ask dumb questions, and I just give them a dumb answer back. But uh, honestly, I have—I've been overwhelmed with uh, unbelievably unbelievable questions. Well, somebody just yesterday. Somebody, uh, we sell these liners that go in the loos, they're like uh, biodegradable, compostable plastic bag, and you put it in the in the loo container, and then you use the toilet, and then when you, you dump it out, you just dump the liner and everything into the compost bin. That's cool. And all it does is it keeps the container a little bit cleaner, so all you have to do is rinse it out.
1: Mm-hmm, right.
3: Never used them except for experimental purposes it's not hard to to, to clean out a, a toilet receptacle it takes about 10 seconds you know with a brush and uh you know it's just never been a been an issue with us uh but a lady just yesterday she said she emptied her, her toilet receptacle out and uh, there was some urine in you know res- res- residual urine in the in the container, and she she was shocked, you know. And I, you know, so I said, you know, lady, it's a toilet. <laughs> 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 what do you think? Oh, you Rinse the damn thing out and put it back, you know, it's and use good. it again.
2: It's not the space station. <laughs> it's not completely thermogenically sealed on every single crevice.
3: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, but as far as, uh, you know, there's, there's one, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this in my book or not, but I had a neighbor who used a, a human earth type toilet and he was a minimalist. He wouldn't even put a toilet seat on it. He just had a five gallon bucket in his trailer back in the woods, and he would take newspaper and uh scrape it over on the edge floor. of the bucket so he, had, so he could sit on it without you know, was, that was his, his degree of comfort. Wow, a newspaper to
0: get comics on your ass, <laughs> <laughs> and then he
3: just took it out backwards uh, tattoo back in the woods and he dumped it in a pile. Wow, he didn't build a bin, didn't do a thing, nothing. And, uh, I, in fact, I know a couple of people who did this. Uh, and then, you know, so I go back, he moved away and I go back and I look at that pile where he dumped all that, uh, toilet material and it was just completely covered with a thick growth of plants. Wow. That's what it was, a mound on the floor of the, of the forest covered with plants. So that, that's, you know and when i looked at that and i thought well this is this is pretty much total neglect and this is what you end up with
1: <laughs> yeah you couldn't you couldn't neglect <laughs> it more than that and it's a worked literal out. shit pile <laughs>
0: covered with plants exactly which is awesome yeah
3: yeah
2: so um i i have your book i've read your book it's it's very 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 scientific um and i let me tell you it's it's pretty much the tmi of uh, <laughs> of uh, composting Um, Have you thought about writing, um, for for lack of a better term, um, composting for dummies, kind of like uh, for people like me that just want to get to the Cliff Note version? Um, That's the first question. The second question is, can we talk a little bit about the actual heat? Like, what temperature, for how long? Um,
1: And can you heat your home with it?
2: Uh, Perry had to take my... Perry... (laughs) So about 30 questions all the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's typical for Michelle. That's yeah, a
0: Michelle question. It's, it's meant my, to get you confused and my, off your game. It's
2: my thing.
3: It's my well, thing. As far as writing, writing other books, uh, I definitely want to uh, write a kind of a field guide for small village composing because I'm doing work around the world. Oh. Uh, and most of the world uh, has a dire need for sanitation. And Believe it or not, m- people have never, never heard of this concept. Didn't know, doesn't know. They don't know it exists, and when you tell them and show them, uh, there they can be overwhelmed with gratitude, because <clears throat> a lot of people in the world have to go out in, in a field uh, in the middle of the night in the rain. You know, uh, lions and tigers and bears, just, uh, billions. of. <laughs> So um, we're working in, you know, different parts of the world, India, Africa, uh, Central America, um, Haiti, uh, Mongolia, et cetera. And it's getting to the point now where a uh, small village manual would be very useful. And we have uh, plenty of material, photos, and examples to create a manual of that sort. And secondly... (coughs) I'd like to do... I'm thinking about doing another edition of the book. Um, It's been three editions. um, But I'm going to run out within the... I think in about a year I'm going to be out of of books that are in print. I could either just go back to print or do another edition. And I haven't decided... Um, so if I do another edition, it will be completely, completely different because it will be based on 20 more years of experience after the first edition came out in 95. Uh, hmm. And there's so much more that I've learned that, that is so interesting about microorganisms. Um, I would like to include that in the next book. And then, as you say... Uh, do a Composting for Dummies chapter that simplifies everything.
0: So you've had well over 55,000 copies sold in the U.S. alone. Um, yes, yeah, six,
3: about 60,000 in the U.S. and um, Translations into about 16 languages. Uh, right now it's getting ready to be published in Quebec in French, wow. which is the most recent translation.
0: That's great. When... When you originally wrote this as a thesis and went into the first edition copy of the book and sold for 600 copies, whatever was printed, I, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't have this vision in mind for what was going to happen with the book. How, uh, when did you first start to get the sense of, oh, wow, this is actually a thing? Uh, well, it, it,
3: yeah, when I first wrote the, the book, I had, you know, I started it out as a thesis, the master's program. And <coughs> I, um, I, gave, I decided to publish it as a uh, in, in, in popular language rather than academic language because I knew that if I turned it in as a thesis, nobody would ever read it. Whereas if I published it, not only would somebody read it, but uh, it would, I would learn how to publish, which is what I wanted to do. So uh, I gave the manuscript to a friend of mine, an artist, very good artist, and I asked him to look it over, I said, I, I would like you to draw me some cartoons for this, or some illustrations for this manuscript. Can you do it? About a week later, he came back with a manuscript, he threw it on my... Kitchen table. He slapped it down to my kitchen table, and he said, I wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really? Why? Quote. It was stinky.
3: He said, you're going to get sued. You're going to lose your property. They're going to, you know, he just went on and on about this this paranoid thing about how wow. Wow. I was doing something so different it would never be accepted or understood, and I would just be persecuted for it. Wow. Wow. And so <laughs> – I was a little bit shooken up about it, but I went ahead anyway and published the book with some trepidation. Um, And within I don't know what it was, three days, maybe 24 hours, there was a knock on my door and it was a newspaper reporter. His girlfriend had a copy of my book and showed it to him and he came right out here. It was for the Associated Press. Wow. And he did a story on it. And with a great big picture of me poking around in a compost pile with a pitchfork. And it it got splashed in all the papers across Pennsylvania. So within the first few days already, it was news uh, statewide. And then uh, it just never stopped from that point on. It was uh it was uh, accepted uh, as something odd, uh, maybe even disgusting to some people. But nevertheless, uh, there was no negative backlash at all. The books, the 600 books sold out much more quickly than I, I thought they would never sell. And, they <coughs> you know, within a few months they were gone. So I went back to print and, and I've been doing that ever since.
2: Wow. That's great. That is great. That's fascinating. That's really amazing. So what advice do you have for tiny house uh, enthusiasts, tiny house builders, um, tiny house community leaders? Uh, what advice do you have for them regarding composting and composting toilets and, and, uh, and uh, what's your advice?
3: Well, here's something you may want to keep in mind and that is um, like I said, I have a bunch of videos on YouTube. Um, all you got to do is Search Humanor, but there's one video in particular. Uh, s- several of them are uh, uh, music festivals and composting toilets that were used at music festivals. All these videos are at HumanorHandbook.com, by the way.
1: Good job. <laughs> Thank you. There was you. one music
3: festival in Kentucky. <laughs> I did about a 10 minute video. And what they did was they put wheelie bins, you know, compost, or garbage cans with with wheels.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, underneath the toilets and people defecated directly and urinated directly into the wheelie bins and they had sawdust and they kept the contents covered up. Uh, they had a sawdust in in the toilet rooms and they you know the users would dump some in after they used the toilet, etc. But they never <coughs> they never composted Oh. The, the contents what mm. they did was they wheeled the bins out off to the side wheeled new ones in and then after the uh music festival was over they wheeled all the bins off to the side and they just left them there
1: they just left them there
3: they just left them there, left them there. wow you know they they covered the covered them over with, with sawdust and just left them sit and so i came in a year later to see what they were doing and how they were doing. And here they had all the wheelie bins from the last music festival sitting there with all the stuff in them still from the year before. And so it was very interesting because uh, we ended up dumping all those into a compost bin. And they had shrunk, the contents had shrunk all the liquid that was in the bottom it percolated up through the sawdust. Um, there wasn't any odor. There was a tiny little bit of odor in one, and uh, we were still able to dump it all, dump them all into a compost bin for for composting. So I'm thinking, if I'm in a tiny house and I have nothing, no place to make a compost bin, I would use a wheelie bin. Uh, garbage can, maybe, you know, you may need more than one, you may need two, three, or four of them, I don't know, uh, and wood. just put in, um, in the, you get <laughs> some straw, put some straw or hay in the bottom about, you know, 18 inches thick, and then just start dumping your contents of your toilet, your food, scraps, your dead animals, your mother-in-law, whatever you can fit <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you chop her up first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, that no, way won't, won't take so that. long. <laughs> don't, don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you know when it's full, cover it over with uh, sawdust or whatever you have, and put a lid on it, and let it cook. Set it aside, and, yeah. and, and uh, it can sit there till hell freezes over. It's not going to hurt anything. Wow. Uh, eventually, uh, somebody's going to dump it into a compost bin, but there's no big rush. It doesn't matter if if it sits in that wheelie bin for years. Wow. For years. It's not going to hurt it at all. So you can have uh, instant sanitation without any contact with the environment uh, in uh, any place if you have access to some uh, waterproof containers like wheelie bins and uh, a human or toilet.
1: Well, uh, Joe, I have to say this is has been one of the most interesting uh, conversations about poop and pee I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for being with us on Agreed. the show today, um, listeners. I hope you enjoyed this show as much as we did. We'll see you next week when we're going to be uh, interview. Who are we interviewing on Tiny House Podcast? It's next an week? away
0: show with Miles Heiner.
1: Miles Heiner. Oh, that's the guy who does the solar the solar stuff. Yep. Yeah. He he uh, equipped Anita's house. We yeah. talked with her a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so we'll be on on, on location. Site. Yeah, on, on location. Site. Yeah, one of the prime places where all the tiny houses are built in Portland. Yes, right, yes. Green Acres. Green yes, acres. it's called Green Acres. No. Is the green. No, 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 no,
2: no, no Green no. Anchors. Oh, is it ink?
1: Anch- oh, that makes sense because it's on the river. Yeah, oh,
2: everybody gets not, that uh, wrong. I
0: like Green Acres. anyway. I so. do too.
2: <laughs> Thank you, listeners.
0: Thank you, listeners. See you next week. Next See week. ya. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.